Hello, welcome to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. My name is Matteo, over in the other corner is Greg, and we're here to bring you heady conversation about bike stuff. So, uh, keep your earphones in, because you're listening to this at work, and you know you're not supposed to be streaming media, but you do it anyway. And we're glad that you do. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Let's get let's get started. Let's get to it. So this week there's there's been a bit a bit of a, a personnel uh, a change. There's been a promotion here at WHBP. Uh, Matteo is now Matteo Master of Science. Uh, so first of all, congratulations to you, Matteo. Thank you very much. Uh, and of course, this is. Uh, I'm going. I'm revealing, possibly for the first time, or maybe not. I don't actually remember. Uh, but I, I too have a master's of science or a master of science degree, which means that uh, we have mastered the sciences here on WHBP, and and we're now ready to discuss the deepest and and most difficult questions available, uh, kind of to discuss in the world of bicycling. So. Maddie, you were you were thinking. Uh, you told me about some some of the kind of craziest and most, I guess, irreconcilable debates uh, that exist in cycling. Well, yes. Right? So, as as scientists, you know, it is our calling to really burrow down into some of the the difficult questions that that uh, our community asks. So, so what kind of questions are these? Well, I, I encourage our listeners to log on to any internet bicycle forum. And in, <laughs> Pretty much in any the, of them. Any of them. And in the span of time between logging on and that overwhelming urge to destroy your computer once you have been reading what you found, um, catalog... <laughs> catalog the absurd things that people want to argue about <laughs> I, there are I, so many things that just make me want to yell oh for god's sake it doesn't matter what the hell so and the, i think one of the, the the one of the i think archetypes of this is people used to just debate endlessly whether or not you should grease the spindle of a square tapered bottom bracket before installing cranks. And the fact that it was the subject of such debate should make it quite clear that it doesn't freaking matter. Yes, this is these these are sort of we're starting with the classics I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time worn for my next number. <laughs> yes. Yes, the the, tra- the traditional debates. So uh, should I, you know, should I grease my spindle of my bottom bracket or shouldn't I? Uh, you have one, and you, you sent a little list, right? So you also have counter-steering. Do, does counter-steering does, exist? Does it does counter-steering exist slash do you do it slash of course you do, you just don't know it, you're an ignoramus slash... Slash you need to learn how to do it. Yeah. Is is the debate, <laughs> you know. Or, 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 uh, of course proper proper cornering technique is always good for a violent debate about Mm -hmm. do you break do you do you do all your breaking before you enter the turn or do you not that always gets people very angry Mm -hmm. and then there's you know how much carnage is there going to be when 
roadies start riding with disc brakes and some people crash really hard and other people accidentally slit everybody else's bodies open and yes yes this is the new one as as i believe we said on a, a recent episode disc brakes are kind of the new chain lube debate that's another classic <laughs> by the way is you can you can look back especially if you look back to the history of the internet and see people talking about their chain lube techniques and you get the crazies who are like yes i melt a pot of wax and i don't use that corporate uh bike lube that's designed to make me wear out a chain in 20 miles so that i can just give more money to the you know pour more money into the coffers of the evil bike industry and they're tracking oh yes i got ten thousand miles out of my chain you know so so that was then and and now we just argue about disc brakes and whether people want disc brakes or not and whether if someone is using disc brakes in uh in a pace line if they go to brake slightly that they'll suddenly go over the handlebars or crash or cause like a nuclear explosion or something <laughs> so that's kind of the car that's the state of the art i and i feel a little bit hypocritical for um for for bringing like this this whole thing up because you know we we have a podcast so that we can sit around and yammer about our opinions and <laughs> my staunch opinion about like this whole thing is like there's so many things that just don't matter and are not worth the like cognitive energy of having an opinion about right yeah, the grease on the bottom bracket spin, spindle is is such a classic example of that. Of like, yeah. yeah, you know, chances are if you've done it and you haven't died, or you have done it and you haven't died, or sorry, you haven't done it, and you haven't, you know, you're probably gonna be okay. <laughs> but it just goes on and on. Frame materials, ah, frame materials, that's a good uh, one. Good old frame materials. Like uh, steel, does it have a fatigue life? Does it not? Uh, or does it matter? Or Aluminum, it will beat you up. Carbon fiber, it will explode. Uh, actually, carbon fiber is such a favorite of mine because of there's so much, so many of these actually, there's so much myth around the various properties of materials, right? So steel always fails gently and gradually and bends. Uh, and so you know it's going to happen well before it happens. And carbon fiber just suddenly snaps with no warning uh, until you're on the <laughs> ground and you know and all that stuff when i think under underlying all of these arguments that are so ridiculous is that they're so characterized by just complete conviction and just black and white thinking when yeah when it's usually either more complicated or it's not more complicated but it is stupid <laughs> yeah and i think you know sometimes these opinions become self-replicating because you know someone says something and then someone else reads it and then it you know it just it just propagates itself and sure it's, so you're saying, I, you it's know frustrating. I, especially with frame materials you know i've i've raced steel aluminum titanium and carbon fiber and it's just like there's other variables you know they're bikes yeah they're they bikes. do bikish things yeah they go where you point them they go in the opposite direction as the one that you steer. Haven't you read anything about motorcycles? Oh, man. Counter-steering is um, such a delightful subject. Yeah. 
I have an opinion about it, but I won't share it. I'm being fully honest with you here. Wow. Wow. I think for the first time ever on WHPP, we're not <laughs> sharing opinions. I just don't want to get into a whole thing, you know? No, no, no. I mean, totally. Well, especially, you know, we <laughs> goodness knows you wouldn't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> so, yeah, my question, my... Uh, the question is really, which one of these is craziest? Oh, and there's new things being come up with every day. I mean, I saw a thread on one of these internet forums just the other day that asked the question of steel versus aluminum. What's better for descending? Oh my I'm, god! I'm not even kidding. That's that's a real that's a real thing that someone wanted to know about. You know, so, so yeah, I guess the, so so. Should we have some kind of debate off? Like, is is there a scoring system? Like, which of these debates is the most crazy and pointless? Do you have Do you have an opinion on that? I mean, what's your favorite? I think I think my favorite one. You you called attention. You called my attention to somebody at some point saying that. Um in road cycling disc brakes are inevitably like gonna rupture and spill like <gasps> oh this was the best thing i've possibly ever read over the place was that the most yes ridiculous? yes it was it was oh man oh this was this was okay so there was a debate raging on on some form or other about uh, disc brakes and professional racing probably around one of the articles that have come out saying some pro riders think that disc brakes are great other pro riders think that they're not great you know just kind of i, I don't know if i'd call it clickbaity but kind of the look we did an informal not statistically valid survey of various riders that gives you no idea of what the actual spread of opinion yeah. is within the pro peloton and and you know of course this quickly devolves into people saying on the one hand oh it's going to be disastrous oh it's going to be fine and one of the one of the concerns offered was that if there was a large pileup the hydraulic lines would rupture and hydraulic fluid would spill out on the road and be in danger of igniting from sparks uh from i guess components scraping along the road thereby igniting <laughs> igniting the fluid and basically sending these riders to a fiery death because disc brakes and like that's that's just it i we can't even <laughs> by the way in case i i just i want to be clear uh that can't happen <laughs> just <laughs> if you're worried about this don't don't worry there's not going to be a fireball of like there's not going to be a literal fireball of death because of uh disc brakes in professional racing probably that actually i'd forgotten about that i'd erased it from my memory because it was so it was so and i thought that person was joking actually and i responded as such and, and then it turned out they weren't joking and i kind of didn't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a little awkward like oh oh you you were serious uh <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> Glad you're not in the same room as me. Cause that's a scary thing. So yeah, that that might be. Boy, that might be my winner. Actually, that had to be the craziest thing I thought. That's that's got to be the best, worst, most ridiculous, god awful thing. It's in the grand tradition of things that you don't like exploding, though. Like yeah, there are a fire. lot of things that I don't want to explode. 
but I'm not gonna go on out on a, uh, on an internet and say that their existence is an explosion risk just because I don't <laughs> want them to explode. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Do, do you have a um, anything to wrap up this particular uh, little discussion on crazy debates? The only way to win is not to play. Oh. Yeah, that really brings us full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. Man. Maybe we should talk about something positive. Let's talk about something positive. Let's work on that. Yeah. I I do have something positive to talk about. I do I do have a thumbs up. Bring it on. So, I was thinking about this the other day because I've been so I moved. Right. I, I believe this has been mentioned once or twice. I moved. I am now safely ensconced in my new home. And near my new home, there is this. There's a, a nice reservation that has some paths through it. And I had taken them. And it's, it's, it's rather hilly, actually. And I had been able to take these on my way to work. So, so my commute covers uh, a little bit of this reservation. And it, rather than ride on the road, I can take these paths. And I'd gone one direction toward work, and that's kind of an uphill direction. And it's fun. It's nice. It's in the woods. It's quiet. It's it's nifty. It's beautiful. Uh, but it is uphill, so you're kind of like, ugh, climbing hills, and it's kind of really steep, but then not so steep, and then really steep again. But then I finally remembered to turn off on the way home and take this back, and it was awesome. And so this led me to my thumbs up, which is that... I found that I really enjoy riding road bikes in not necessarily off-road, but places that were not designed for cars or other vehicles first and foremost, you know, because if you think about it, if you're on a road, it's intended for cars. They're going, if they're going slow, they're going 30 miles per hour. They're probably going faster than that. And it's kind of big and wide and the sight lines are really long and the curves are pretty gradual and it's you know it's great for hammering along at high speed but you know on a bike you're you're usually kind of far outside you're not anywhere near kind of the limits of what you can do right in terms of i don't know handling and steering and whatever mm-hmm. uh, and and this is why of course the best roads to ride a bike on are usually tiny twisty little uh, roads in the countryside Mm-hmm. because they are you know older and they're twistier and tinier and they're not really intended for people to go fast on in cars either which means that you're you're kind of really much closer <laughs> to the limits of of your abilities at a at a more sane level of speed so that, well, that's what was nice about this these paths is that they're paved but they're not graded for cars so the the pitch is just up and down all the time. The surface isn't maintained super well. So there's like lots of uh, gaps and cracks and places where roots are growing underneath. Um, there's like loose gravel on the surface sometimes. There certainly aren't sight lines or, or curves intended for cars. You know, they're not narrow, wide enough for cars. So you know, you'll go bombing down like this uh, downhill corner that's like off camber and there's ripples in the pavement (laughs) and i which sounds crazy but like the thing about that though is 
I did this whole segment home. It's like not a Strava segment, just <laughs> just the segment of my commute. <laughs> just an ordinary segment. Just an ordinary segment. Here. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, a mi- uh, mile, mile and a half maybe. It's not a super long section of this, this trail. And I was having such a blast of going edge to edge. There's not a lot of people on these two because it's not like a multi-use trail where there's tons and tons of people. There's the, a couple dog walkers. There were a couple dog walkers out there today, but not a lot. And so, yeah, so I can bomb this thing and and really push the limits a bit. But at the same time, it's like I'm not. I'm I was probably maxing out somewhere around like 24 miles per hour, and most of the time I was doing less than 20. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going that fast. Like it's going to be hard for me to really get myself into serious trouble. You know, and that's yeah. what's, that's a, that's something that's kind of nice. Like. You can feel like you're doing something exciting and that you're you're really kind of maybe not at your limit, but doing something that's a little bit challenging and requires you to think a little bit more and is kind of swoopy and, and neat, but you're not endangering yourself to do it. I yeah, I you know, it sounds to me like you're describing something that is like a cyclocross course but paved, you know, where it's just Right. It's a different type of fun playing bikes. Yeah, like you wouldn't hold a road race in this in this spot. No, unless you were Belgian. Yeah, unless you were Belgian. Yeah, that's true. But you know, they're just crazy. <laughs> but well, I was, but and I was thinking just more broadly about that. You know, so with respect to like the kinds of roads that are most fun to ride on, and and like good crit courses and stuff like that. And I do think it is like I, I do think it is this ability to at a reasonable speed like at a bicycle speed uh i don't know do things that feel rad and awesome and a little risky without actually being that without actually being scary and without without being at like 40 miles per hour i don't know something like that like like in in the nice thing about something like this is on a on a good crit course Usually, in order to get the maximum enjoyment out of it, you need you, you do need to be going like race pace, uh, and that's you know that might be beyond uh, the skill levels of some people, but on on some of these trails and stuff like that, you know you could you could probably be going twelve miles per hour and be excited. Yeah, because stuff like that like. just just feels like like playing video games with your bike. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Well, I think it. I think it might have something to do too with my microphone's probably all all over the place. Sorry. I think it might have something. <laughs> starting to gesture. <laughs> I think it might have something to do too with how this gravel thing is exploding. You know, not the whole kind of maybe somewhat silly industry thing of now we have gravel specific bikes, which is kind of bizarre, but. But that these races are so big, mm-hmm. you know, like the adventure cycling kind of thing, because it is like it's actually a relatively safe way to do something exciting and cool and different, you know, on surfaces that are are sort of not just intended for people to drive cars on at fifty miles per hour. Yeah, I like I like getting off of the roads a little bit, and I'm not I don't have a mountain bike. Um, I don't know. Mountain biking seems like fine, but I've never felt particularly driven to do it. I just like, even if it's on my road bike, 
it's on my cross bike, whatever, just like getting getting off into some sort of park with recreational trails is just a real nice way to, to spin the legs. Yeah, absolutely. So Thumbs up to that. Thumbs up to that. We like that. We like that. <sighs> my my quiver's empty. I don't have anything else. I'm I'm kind of tapped out. I'm like looking at my watch like it's only 8 o'clock. I'm tired. What the hell? Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I am actually I'm toasted. I this whole it's like I feel like even my voice is going for some reason. <laughs> I haven't even been talking that much, well, except for now. <laughs> but in general this week, I just like I I moved and I went from like a two mile bike commute to an eight mile bike commute. Mm-hmm. And that is actually, you know, when on top of like all the, and of, and of course moving wears you out. And then it's like, I have this added volume on top of the training I'm trying to do, which is not a lot of training. Like, you know, I've been really pretty busy and unable to do more than like about eight hours a week, mm-hmm. um, which kind of sucks in terms of being fast, but oh well. Uh, it's doable. Yeah, you know, it's it's doable, but I'm pretty slow right now. But anyway, it's like then it's all of a sudden I've gone from my commute is like two hours a week-ish of kind of tootling along and lots of stoplights and, and not really going that fast to it's eight miles and it's five and a half hours a week. And I'm not going fast, but it's like I have some hills to climb now on the way and the way back. And then it's like I get home and it's like, oh, I got to get on the trainer and do some tempo intervals. Ugh. <laughs> it's it's do you, just... Do you have to bring a lock-up bike? Or can you bring your bike I inside? I can bring my bike inside, which is pretty great. That's good. So some of the, something that I've been doing has been like I use a couple bike commutes a week. I, my commute is like maybe 11 or 12 miles. And so when the weather's nice, I, I don't, I don't come anywhere close to doing it every day. I don't want to carry a backpack. You, I, I don't want to get to work sweaty, all that stuff. I like waking up and like bringing a book onto the bus, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the days that I do ride, you know, I use it as like, you know, sometimes it's hard to get in that like easy, hour that you need to do the day after a hard race so i use it for that um and then sometimes i just i leave right from work and i go for a a long ride not that long in the afternoon early evening but you know two to three hours it's pretty doable yeah it's a nice way to like tack it together well my house is kind of on the way out to where Mm. the nice riding i want to do is so not a, not much of a problem to just drop the bag. I do actually I do actually wear a backpack for commuting. Mm-hmm. Backpack style, I like it that way. Yeah, I've tried many things I, over the years. I just prefer bringing bringing the clothes that I'll change I'll need to change into and leaving them at work, and then riding in in kit. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I don't, I just don't yeah. want to have a I just don't want to have a wardrobe there for the week. Yeah, I hear you. I do ride it in the kit. I just change when I get in. With you know, mm-hmm. it's like I'm carrying my clothes with me. I do keep shoes at work all the mm-hmm. time. You gotta have work yeah, shoes. Too. See gotcha. now, now it's commuting tips. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I I secretly want to like transition my work wardrobe into like 
just all black and gray stuff. So I can have like three outfits, but no one will know how many outfits <laughs> I have because it's all like one outfit and it's I just look the same all the time. That would be really convenient. That would, that would actually be maybe a benefit if I were to switch into a job where somewhat more formal or at least less casual attire was required. You know, but I yeah, it's it's uh it's kind of a jeans and t-shirt operation where I work. So, hmm. <laughs> hmm. that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, right. I can I can wear I can wear jeans, but I got I still got to look good. You know, like decent shoes and a snappy shirt. The the uh, the where I work, which is in uh, I'll just say it's in in academia, uh, or or in an academic research setting. Uh, at least you know the man doesn't keep us down by uh enforcing a dress code the the man keeps us down by not paying us <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of a different it's a different kind of oppression it's a well, softer softer general agency over here so yeah <laughs> i feel ya <laughs> dress code plus low pay uh yeah that's that's the way to do it <laughs> yeah uh but yeah. All right. Let's let's put a nail in it. Let's put yeah. Let's let's put it to bed so that <laughs> so that we can put you to bed. Let's let's get our listener to bed here. Our listener's got a big day tomorrow. All right. Uh. Well, I think I think that's all the time we have for today. So that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna leave off. This has been the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. I'm Greg. He's Matteo. Uh. Maybe acknowledge that you are Matteo, Matteo. It's true. I'm Matteo. Oh, okay, okay. And I've enjoyed having you all tune in with us on this fine day. Yeah, we, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email the show at honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account at underscore WHBP. I'm also on Twitter. I am at Grolby. Matteo. Matteo is uh, at underscore Matteo. Isn't that correct? That is correct. I'm at underscore Matteo. I do the Twitter. Yeah, we, we keep it easy for you. Yeah, follow yeah. us. Chat so, at us. Holler at us. Yeah, we love, we love to hear from you. So thanks once again for, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs>